0: Hunter Biden, who has spent the better part of three decades peddling his father's influence as one of the most powerful politicians in America in order to enrich himself and really, I guess, to enrich his family, the big guy, too. Hunter has finally been charged after a federal investigation into his countless financial, sexual, pharmaceutical, and firearm-related crimes. And what was Hunter charged with? Two misdemeanor tax offenses and a gun violation. That's all. Now, even the minor charges that Hunter ultimately faced could have landed him in prison for a dozen years. But since Hunter pled guilty as part of a deal with prosecutors, he now faces uh, probation. Probation for the tax charges and a diversion program for the firearms charge, a diversion program that he doesn't even appear to be legally eligible for. That means that that latter gun charge will likely be wiped from his record. No prison, no real punishment, no nothing. The plea deal doesn't even mention the countless sex and drug crimes that Hunter committed on camera, crimes that he recorded himself doing. But forget about the sex and the drug stuff for just a second. The whole point of the inquiry was Hunter's massive influence peddling operation in which he traded his father's power as vice president for massive bribes worth, reportedly at a bare minimum, $10 million. With this plea deal, the actual crime of public interest is effectively swept under the rug, which means that this prosecution is not a prosecution at all. It's a cleanup operation by Joe Biden's political enforcers masquerading as law enforcement. Law enforcement that now needs to get back to its chief task of imprisoning the leader of the opposition. I'm Michael Knowles. It's The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. This episode is brought to you by some of my favorite people, Good Ranchers. Get great meat at a secure price and $30 off your order with my code Knowles, K W L E S. Go to GoodRanchers.com. Use code Knowles today. This is a great day. I'm very, very excited because an ex-Pentagon official who worked specifically on UFOs, seemed to kind of run that UFO program for a little bit. He would appear to confirm my view On ET over the view of my beloved friend and colleague Matt Walsh. So we'll get to that. How's that for a tease? First, though, I'll tell you, I'm starting to think, starting to think we might have a corrupt political order. You know, speaking of rigging presidential politics, I just found out that YouTube has censored my friend and colleague Jordan Peterson because Jordan Peterson did an episode of his show with RFK Jr. RFK Jr who is somewhat significantly challenging Joe Biden for the Democrat presidential nomination. When when RFK Jr. announced that he was going to run, people kind of laughed. They thought of him as a fringe, kooky figure. But he's polling somewhere around 20% in the Democrat Party. And then all of a sudden, RFK Jr.'s interview goes away. Why is that? I was talking to my producer, Mr. Davies. Mr. Davies came in. He said, that's so weird. I thought that you can now question vaccines on YouTube. Previously on YouTube, you couldn't, but I thought now they changed the rules and they said that you can. And I told him, Mr. Davies, that might be true, but you're not allowed to seriously challenge Joe Biden on YouTube. (laughs) I don't think that RFK Jr. is being censored because of anything he said about the vaccines, whether we're talking about regular old vaccines or the COVID vaccines. I don't think he's, the reason he's being targeted is because he poses a challenge to the system, to the liberal establishment. Why was my channel on YouTube taken down for one week? Well, it's because I used pronouns. I don't even know what I'm allowed to say on YouTube anymore. I used pronouns that happened to be accurate, but they weren't politically correct. And so YouTube didn't like them. I talked about a pressing social issue that is contentious. It's not contentious in the reality of that issue. Everyone knows how human nature works, but it's contentious in what the radical liberal elites will allow us to talk about and what, what the, versus what the people actually believe. And so they took, took me down for that. But why did they take me down? I've been saying that sort of thing for years, as have many other people. Well, it's because this is a pretty big channel, and it gets a fair amount of reach. And not toot my own horn, but it does influence the public conversation to some degree. And so YouTube said, okay, we're going to get him. Just like we're going to go get Matt Walsh. Just like we're going to go get Candace Owens. Now, like they're going to get Jordan Peterson has nothing to do with the specific rules, which are always changing anyway. And in fact, the reason that they're always changing the rules is in part so that they can wield power capriciously to go after political enemies. Why are they prosecuting Trump for a less egregious version of the crimes that many of the most prominent recent Democrats have committed themselves, including the sitting president, Joe Biden? Well, because they don't like Trump, and Trump's the leader of the opposition, so they're going to go after him. I use this phrase political order specifically here. I don't just say our government is corrupt or Washington, D.C. is corrupt. I say the political order because we are governed at least as much by Google and YouTube and the big tech platforms as we are by some elected officials in D.C. In fact, we're governed, I think, in many ways far more by the big tech platforms we're governed at least as much by the big tech platforms as we are by the administrative state, by the bureaucrats, by the media that shapes the public conversation, and all the rest. It's a whole system. And when you go after the system, they're going to get you. And they're going to get you through all the various means. They're going to de-platform you. They're going to debank you. They're going to ostracize you. They're going to get you fired from your job. And maybe they'll prosecute you as well. They won't prosecute you if you're Joe Biden's son who ran a massive influence peddling operation for over 10 years, but they will prosecute you if you're Donald Trump and you kept a letter that Kim Jong-un wrote to you when you were president. Now, speaking of presidential families, speaking of Donald Trump, there is some good news out there for many people in the MAGA base. There's some good news out there for you as well, by the way. If you want good food, you got to check out Good Ranchers. Right now, go to GoodRanchers.com, use promo code Knowles. As our great nation's birthday approaches, we are coming together as proud Americans and savoring the delicious taste of homegrown American-made meat. Our friends at Good Ranchers have the best quality meats you've ever tasted, and they only sell meat that was raised here in the USA. From now until Independence Day, Good Ranchers will be offering the best deals to give you freedom from the meat aisle, from ribeyes, New York strips, all-natural burgers, to the most delicious chicken you could ever want. Good Ranchers has something for everyone. Plus, right now, you will get $30 off with our code Knowles at GoodRanchers.com. This is the way to wow your family the 4th of July. I am very discerning about my meat. I eat a lot of red meat, and these guys, they're just the best in the business. They've got the best quality. They've got by far the best prices. They're just great guys with a great company. It's all American meat. So what are you waiting for? Let the mouth-watering aroma of American-made meat fill the air, bringing joy, unity, and delectable flavors to your celebrations. GoodRanchers.com. Use code Knowles. Get 30 bucks off any box. Promo code Knowles. GoodRanchers.com. GoodRanchers.com. American meat delivered. Good news out there for people who really like the Trump family, and, good, and actually good news for people who don't really like the Trump family and don't want them all that involved in a Trump administration. President Trump has come out and said that his family will have no role in the next administration.
1: Would you want Jared and Ivanka to serve in a second administration? No, I do I said that's enough for the family. You know why? It's too painful for the family. My family's been through hell. I mean, they, Eric, my son, who's a fine boy, you know him very well, He's a fine young man, good student, good everything, comes in, we're doing beautifully, then I decide to run for president. I mean, I don't think anybody in the world, in history, has ever had more subpoenas sent to him. Nobody has been through what my family has been through. Mm -hmm. Ivanka had a really successful line of clothing. I mean, making a fortune. When I did this, she was really, she closed it up. She sort of felt she had to, but she closed it up. Uh, My other boys were doing great. And I said, instead of let's take advantage of being president, I mean, some people would say that's stupid. Because everyone else has done it. Nancy Pelosi is worth $125 million, I read. And she never got paid more than $150,000 a year. How does that happen? How does that happen? Yeah, you wanna go through this all again. Because I wanna make America great again. We had it great. We had it great. We were respected all over the world. Very simple. I wanna make America great again.
0: Very simple. And so that means the family is not going to be involved this time. This might help Trump politically because I think a lot of people, even ardent Trump supporters, don't like how involved his family was. I don't know all of Trump's family. I've met some of them. The ones that I've met and talked to, I I like. But I think probably this is a net political benefit for Trump. And still, there's a storm cloud here to this silver lining, or a silver lining hit the storm cloud, or I, I don't know. I'm mixing a lot of metaphors here. The downside is that this is an admission that personnel has been a weak point for Trump. And it's the line that Brett Baer hammered him in in that interview that just took place on Fox News. And it's a point that a number of Trump's opponents have hammered him in, which is, hold on, President Trump, you surround yourself with the best people, and yet you end up turning on your Secretary of State, you end up turning on your Chief of Staff, you end up turning on your Press Secretary, you end up turning on this person, you turn on that person. So if, if you got the best people around you, why, why do you later come to attack so many of them? And it's a, it's a good line. I think the honest answer to that line is, well, it's hard to get people to work for me because a lot of people want to suck up to the political establishment. They know if they work for me, it's going to be a black mark on their resume for the rest of their lives. And so we've had to choose from a... Different array of people. That's the most charitable view to the Trump administration. The second answer to this is that there are just competing factions within the Trump administration. And sometimes one faction is up, sometimes another faction is up. And whichever one falls out of favor, they're going to bear the brunt of a lot of issues. But regardless, it does look a little bit like a weak point. And yet, I don't think it ultimately really hurts him. And the reason I don't think it ultimately really hurts him is the reason that Trump has been so resistant to so many attacks, the reason they call him the Teflon Don. After the first one, first one was John Gotti, the second one is Donald Trump. And the reason for that is the whole point of a Trump candidacy is to be a wrench in the system. That's why people voted for this guy. So the fact that he's not polished, the fact that sometimes often the people don't work out, the fact that things get gummed up and messed up and the execution is sometimes a little haphazard, that is ultimately, I think, just part and parcel of the Trump prospect which is, hey, this whole political order that we've got here, yeah, it's kind of a uniparty oligarchy sham. And if you vote for me, I'll just gum it up for a little bit. I'll expose some of the corruption. I will show you by virtue of my presence how how vindictive it can be because they're going to come after me and they're going to try to cook up bogus evidence about me colluding with the Russians. And they're going to try to investigate me. Ultimately, they're going to try to impeach me twice. And they're going to try to throw me in prison, ultimately, because I had some documents. So. If, if your candidacy is, hey, this political order is messed up and I'm going to break it, then the fact that you got eccentric people who often don't work out, that doesn't really matter. I traveled to a lot of college campuses. I'm speaking to some young people here at the Young America's Foundation tonight in Southern California. And I ask them now, whenever we have a little dinner or meet and greet before or after the event, I say, hey, I know that's tedious, but I got to get your thoughts. Who are you picking in 2024 the vast majority of them will say, look, I like Trump, but I prefer somebody like DeSantis. So I'll probably support somebody like DeSantis this year. But I I voted for Trump or would have voted for Trump. I just don't really think he can win again. But if Trump is the nominee, I'll still vote for him happily. That is the answer that I get north, certainly north of 80% of the time, probably north of 90% of the time. And that answer sounds like it's good for DeSantis, Because these young people prefer DeSantis in 2024. But I think it's ultimately better for Trump. And it's not just young people, by the way. I was speaking to some some friends of mine in Nashville who are a little more on the retired side. You know, they're a little bit older, a little more of a classic GOP voter. They gave the same answer that the college kids do. I don't know. I don't think Trump can win again. I wish he wouldn't run. I just don't think he can do it again. And I said, yeah, yeah, that's all well and good. But you could put a bullet in Donald Trump's head. He would still run for president. Okay. So that's him dropping out, him not running. That's not going to happen. So knowing that Trump's in the race, what do you think? And they say, well, you know, okay, he'll probably get the nomination and I'd happily vote for him in the general. And that is really good news if you're Donald Trump, because it means that you got a 30 point delta right now. You got 30 points that you can fall. Be, that's how high up he is on the number two guy in the race. And you'll still likely win the nomination. And then when you win the nomination, people are going to vote for you. Whereas there are probably a fair number of people who vote for Trump who might not vote for other candidates because they're not typical voters. Maybe 2016 was their first time voting. They are not traditional Republicans. They're not traditional conservatives. They're people who who rightly recognize that the system is deeply corrupt, and they want to just give a middle finger to that system. And not just to the people in Washington, D.C., but to the whole corrupt political order with the media, with the big tech companies, with the big corporations, with all of it. So what does this mean for Trump? Well, He's still got to face this federal indictment that he's, he's got. So this, the court case for the documents has been set. The court date is set for August 14th. That means that this court case is going to be a major aspect of the 2024 primaries. Some people thought that it was going to be delayed for a long time and they're going to drag it out forever. They seem to be trying to get this thing done pretty quickly. Of course, it's the best show. It's the most entertaining thing that could happen. You're going to have court appearances right before debates, if the debates even happen. So I'm not making any predictions. You know you know. I try not to predict the future too much, even though I can get my crystal ball out. Sometimes it's fairly accurate. Uh, the A fair bit of this primary is going to be dependent on external events beyond the campaigns of Trump or DeSantis or Chris Christie or whoever it's going to be. A lot of it's going to depend on things that we've never, ever seen before in American politics, like a former president being indicted. And so predictions are fairly useless at this point. speaking of colorful rich guys getting indicted, Andrew Tate, the most Googled man in the world at one point, has finally been charged in Romania with rape human trafficking, and forming an organized crime group to sexually exploit women. Who is Andrew Tate? Andrew Tate is a self-help guru, social media influencer guy. He's very, very talented at going viral on the internet. Uh, He has a lot of defenders, especially among young people, on the right especially, and, you know, he's not like sitting at home reading his Edmund Burke in a bow tie. This is a guy who's very brash. He makes comments that are often very offensive. Some of them are kind of bizarre. Like he defended, he said that he would rather sleep with a trans, like a man who looks really good than a old, really old. He said, what was the, I want to get the line exactly right. He said, I would rather sleep with a trans woman Who looks like Megan Fox than an actual woman who looks like Hulk Hogan or something to that effect. And so he's he's just really good at going viral. And now he's been charged with all these crimes and a lot of people are, are defending him. And I think I am both much less and more inclined to defend this guy than a lot of people because a lot of Andrew Tate's defenders don't want to admit that the guy is a pimp And pimping, though it ain't easy, also ain't good. This is one of the videos that would seem to incriminate Andrew Tate in some of this weird sex stuff.
2: You cannot get a girl to work for you. So the recruitment process is the same as the PhD course. You message them on Instagram. The PhD course is my recruitment system. I don't mention webcam until after I've had sex with the girl. You continue as normal. No mention of webcam. You the girl. After you the girl, you do the PhD test. If she passes the PhD test and she wants to be with you, then you start mentioning things like, yeah, but you know, you're always busy, you're always at work, you can come work for me. So you don't want a girl who's in it for money. You want a girl who's in it to be with you. So you meet a girl, you take her on dates, you her whatever, She, she passes the PhD test. Then you start saying things like, Oh yeah, but you're always working. I have to do some traveling and you can't come. I want to bring you with me. Traveling is a great one because the thing about this business is mobile. If you can find a good Airbnb with good internet, you can run it somewhere else. So it's a good little caveat to throw in. Oh, and you're always working. Why don't you work for me so we spend more time together?
0: So this is pretty dark stuff. He's, he's here, this is on pickupartisttools.com, which is not in the bookmarks of my web browser. But you might say, well, maybe he's just talking a big game, except he actually did have a business where he was pimping out these girls on, online. And what he's saying here is so dark because he's saying, if you just offer the girl money, it's a consensual transaction, so it's not rape. But if you just offer the girl money, she's going to leave you once she makes some money. But if you seduce the girl and, and you deceive her into thinking that you love her and you want to seriously date her or marry her or something like that, Then she's more likely to stick with you and make you more money. So that's what you've got to do. And that's really, really dark. Back in ancient Greece, seduction was treated as worse than rape. And we don't don't think about that now. We think of seduction as totally fine and kind of funny. But seduction is really, really bad. The argument, among those old ancient Greeks, was that rape violates the body. Obviously very, very bad. But seduction violates also the soul. That that for that reason, it, it takes on an even darker aspect. And uh, so this is all really, really, really bad stuff. And I'm not inclined to defend anybody who says this stuff and much, much less does this stuff as, as some kind of conservative hero or something like that. The very fact that the guy was in Romania raises a lot of questions because Romania is kind of a dodgy place. So you got to ask like, well, why would someone willingly go to Romania? Okay, now all of that said, all of that said, does everyone really think that this indictment, uh, this uh, arrest, and, and later indictment, I guess, is on the up and up? I don't think so. They're clearly going after this guy's money. The charges clearly seem trumped up. And then if you want to go after this guy for pimping women, which I think is perfectly fine in principle, I got to ask, why aren't you going after Feras Antoon? Feras Antoun is one of the founders and former CEO of MindGeek, which is the biggest porn company in the world. Why aren't you going after that That guy's doing the same thing at a much larger scale than Andrew Tate is. Why aren't you going after Scott Montgomer? He's the current guy running MindGeek. Why don't you go after, what is her name? Uh, Amra, Amrapali Gan, who's the CEO of OnlyFans. All of these people are pimping out women at a much larger scale than Andrew Tate ever has. Why aren't those guys getting arrested? Why aren't those guys having their money stolen? Why aren't those guys being held for months without charges? You, you don't need to defend Andrew Tate or his view of the world. And maybe he's turned it around. I think I read somewhere that he converted to Islam, which is which is another conversation that we could have, I guess. So you don't need to really defend Andrew Tate to point out a fact that we have observed increasingly in the United States, which is that the law is not being applied fairly here. It's not being applied evenly. It's just being applied to attack People who in any way criticize the regime. You could be Bobby freaking Kennedy, you could be a Kennedy, Democrat royalty. But if you if and you can remain a committed liberal, but if you if you question the regime on certain instruments of its power, and maybe you go up against the guy who's at least ostensibly running the regime, they're gonna go after you. They're going to censor you. You can pimp out women, which is now a a fetid hobby and industry among the liberal establishment. But if you do so and then use your platform to criticize that same establishment, oh, they're going to take all your money, they're going to throw you in prison. Why are we going after these relatively low-level guys? I mean, Andrew Tate is prominent enough. Why are we going after guys who've committed crimes in a relatively modest way when we let the guys who commit those very same crimes in a much more egregious way, whether we're talking about classified documents, Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, much more egregious than whatever Trump did, Bill Clinton for that matter, why are we letting the people who commit the real serious, massive crimes off the hook? Because it's a political prosecution. Now, when you want to do a little bit more for yourself, like buy a car, you got to go check out CarZing. Right now, go to CarZing.com slash Knowles. Buying a new car, it can be a stressful experience for everyone. That's especially true if you're a first-time buyer, or if you've got no credit. Before you walk into that dealership, Before you spend the entire day with the crowds and the stress and the potential to not even find the right car, you got to check out CarZing. CarZing is completely changing the way you buy a car online by partnering with credit agencies, lenders, and over 25,000 dealers nationwide. CarZing provides you with everything you need before stepping foot into a dealership. Once you find the right car at your ideal budget, all you got to do is bring your saved deal voucher with you to the dealership to finalize your next ride. It is super simple. Even if you're not in the market for a new car, you should check out CarZing anyway. CarZing's online window shopping experience goes beyond mere images. You can dive deep into each vehicle's specs, features, and performance capabilities. Zoom in on craftsmanship of the interior marvel at the cutting-edge technology. Admire the meticulous attention to detail that sets these cars apart from the rest. CarZing helps make your experience faster, cheaper, and less stressful. Go to CarZing.com slash Get the best deals near you. CarZing.com slash Knowles. As you may know, we have been in an ongoing battle with some of the biggest social media platforms out there. Last month, Mr. Walsh was demonetized on YouTube. Then Candace and I both were suspended entirely from the platform for seven days. Not to mention the past two weeks, YouTube has struck three of Jordan Peterson's videos from its platform. Most of these so-called violations across all channels have stemmed from our coverage of the transgender debate. I don't consider it very much of a debate. I consider it an observation of plain facts of human nature, but they, they call it controversial over there. And so being expected to adhere to vague, arbitrary, and constantly changing rules has become a little bit frustrating. These rules contradict everything we stand for. It's become quite clear. We cannot rely on many third-party sites to support us. Daily Wire Plus is the best platform for you to find content that's free from big tech's vague guidelines. So if you believe in our work and in fighting for the ability to debate some of the biggest cultural issues facing us today. And frankly, I'll go further than that because I'm not some free speech absolutist. I wrote a whole book about how we need far greater limits on free speech, but we must have the right to speak the truth. What is so egregious to me about what YouTube and the other big tech platforms are doing right now is not that they're not letting us say whatever we want without any limits because the answer to bad speech is more speech and we need all the free speech in the world. Uh, that's not it. That's a liberal point of view. That's not a conservative point of view. But the conservative point of view is we must have the right to tell the truth. We must not be forced to lie. Some of the greatest tyranny one can possibly imagine, a true violation of our liberty and our soul, to be forced or, or greatly pressured to lie. That's what they're doing. Okay. If you think that's no bueno, then now is the time to join us. What are you waiting for? Sign up today. You will get 25% off Daily Wire Plus. Dailywire.com slash subscribe. Join the fight today. Speaking of weird sex stuff, I got to get to this. It's going around. I got to get to it. Are you a gynosexual? Are you I'm not making any accusations. I just want to know if you're a gynosexual. That's a headline from Men's Health. Are you gynosexual? Here's what it means, according to experts. If you're attracted to women or femininity, it might be the label for you. And a lot of people are sharing this around. They say, oh, tee hee hee, what a stupid new word. Here are those crazy woke libs go again, just making up words. That's what they always do. Wow, how silly is this? It is silly, it is ridiculous but it's clever too. And I haven't seen anyone else pick up on this. There's a reason that the libs make up all of these words because they, they help to re- reshape and constrain the, the vision that people have of how reality works. And ultimately that is conducive to the left's political project. And the word gynosexual here is really helpful to them because the libs currently have a problem and the problem is the way that they talk about gender identity and sexual orientation and all of these fairly novel lib concepts remains subject dependent. Such that I'm a man, I like women. I like one woman in particular, happens to be my wife. But I, if we're talking about my natural attractions, I am attracted to women. So that makes me, in our modern culture, straight. In other cultures, you would say that just makes you man. In other cultures, you would say it makes you normal. But now we say that makes you straight if you're a man who's attracted to women. A woman who is attracted sexually to other women is a lesbian. Okay. What is a trans woman who is attracted to other women? You could say that that person is a lesbian, but even the most ardent pro-trans advocates kind of stumble on that or they kind of giggle or they say, yeah, that's not quite precise or yeah, okay, you're right. I don't know. What do we call that person? So a word like gynosexual solves a problem, a linguistic problem and a political problem for the libs, which is that it divorces sexual orientation from the subject. It sidesteps that tricky question for the pro-trans advocates, which is who are we? What are we? What is human nature? And It just makes it all about the object of desire. So now anybody, a man, a woman, a trans woman, or any of these other new identity notions, anybody who is attracted to a woman is a gynosexual. Expect to see more of that. Because we're all going to be giggling about it until we're mandated to use those terms and until among people who are less conscious of these sorts of things, uh, it, it, it starts to become culturally normal. Speaking of weird sex stuff, they're transing the kids. We all know that. They're transing little kids, not just 16-year-olds and 17-year-olds, but 10-year-olds, nine-year-olds, eight-year-olds, seven-year-olds for that matter. And uh, one such transing was just featured on the news, and it accidentally gave away some of the game of the transgender movement.
3: So Ava became Ava in the second grade.
0: She had to walk into her classroom and identify that, you know, she had a new name and pronouns. And she was so excited. It was like Christmas.
3: Your mom told me a really interesting story about when you were in the second grade and you introduced your friends to Ava. How was that? It went well, they didn't treat me any different. So now are you who you think you should be? Yeah, 100%. 100%, and that
0: would be Ava? Yeah. <laughs> it was just very clear the difference in her once she was allowed to present as a girl. Um, she went from being shy and anxious to everyone remarked.
3: She was so much more confident, she just seemed happier. About 10% of youth these days, we think, um, are identifying as gender diverse. They don't quite feel like the gender they were assigned at birth. Dr. Meredith McNamara is an assistant professor of pediatrics at Yale University.
0: Of course, there it is. This is a shame to anybody who's ever walked through those halls in New Haven. Of course, it's some Yale psychiatrist who's saying, yeah, an increasing number of eight-year-olds are, are trans and we need to trans them. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's totally normal. We should, of course, we should take little eight-year-old boys, seven-year-old boys and convince them that they're girls and then make all the other seven-year-olds go along with it. Yeah, that's normal. I'm a, I'm a genius. I have a, I have a PhD or an MD and I work at Yale. So do as I say. But did you see that little bit in there? She goes, an increasing number. An increasing number. Okay, well, what are we talking about when we're talking about an increasing number of these people identifying as transgender?
3: Six-tenths of a percent of all Americans identify as transgender, about 300,000 teenagers. At least 121,000 trans kids have been diagnosed with something called gender dysphoria, severe distress, even suicidal thoughts, related to their gender identity.
0: How did we go from 0.6% of Americans identify as transgender to what that Yale lady said, 10%? 10% of young people are are not cisgender or whatever. They identify as gender diverse. How the hell do you go from 0.6% to 10%? Is there something in the water? turning the freaking frogs gay. Is there a social contagion? Obviously there is. Or is it what the libs say is, no, no, you don't understand. Before that 0.6% number, that was back in the oppressive old days when people weren't allowed to be their true selves and they were just in misery and pain all the time. I think, I don't know. I know a lot of people, man. And I would say it is not the case that 994 out of a thousand people I know were Fine. Out of 1,000 people I know, it's not the case that six people were in just constant miserable pain and they were, you know, or I'm sorry, rather, it's not the case that one in 10 people I know are just in constant miserable pain because of their gender identity not matching their, their bodies or whatever. I think probably people who suffer from these conditions, it's a lot closer to that 0.6% number, not the 10% number. So why would we encourage this? Well, the Libs say, because If you don't, they'll kill themselves. Were 10% of people killing themselves from the dawn of time until like five minutes ago when we started to believe in transgenderism? 10% of people, no, the transgender suicide rate is 41%. So was it, was that 4% of people? Were were a little over 4% of people just killing themselves because they thought that they were the wrong sex or something? Until we finally accepted transgenderism and we realized that that 0.06% figure is actually much higher to 10%. No, of course not. In fact, what we're seeing today is a spike in suicide for all sorts of reasons and especially a spike in suicide among young people. So whatever we're doing doesn't seem to be helping the anxiety and depression and suicidality. Whatever we're doing as a society seems to be making it a lot worse. So if you want to stop people from killing themselves, wouldn't it make sense to go back to doing what we were doing from the dawn of time until like a few years ago? Wouldn't that seem to make sense? That would seem to make sense. But none of this is based on logic. None of this is based on reason. none of this is based on an even application of the law. Well, Hunter Biden, you know, he's going to get a slap on the wrist because actually if you interpret the law in this way or that way, and actually the reason that we're taking down RFK's interview with Jordan Peterson is because of this specific rule of law. They're just making it up. They're just making it up as they go along. And that's especially evident with the gender nonsense that changes truly by the hour what transgenderism is how, what it means for your sex and your identity and your desires, and whether it's innate or whether it's constructed through culture, or whether you're born this way and you can't change it, or whether it can be whatever you want to be that day, and whether we're going to do it to seven-year-olds or 12-year-olds. its They're just making it up, which is why I observed at CPAC this past year that for the good of society, and especially for the good of the people who've fallen prey to this confusion, transgenderism must be eradicated from public life Entirely, the whole preposterous ideology at every level. Because if you give any quarter to this kind of an idea, you're going to get more anxiety, depression, and suicidality. You're going to get a huge social contagion 0.6% to 10% of people identifying in this way. You're, and you're going to get, this is, I think, the real political point of it, more power for the people who are crafting the words and controlling those institutions of politics. That's going to change. Based on their whims and caprice. Now, speaking of weird things, finally we get to this story. The biggest debate at the Daily Wire is not over gender. It's not over the 2024 race, and it's not over immigration, or the biggest debate. Aliens. Aliens. Some people like my colleague Matt Walsh, say that aliens are real, E.T. comes down, abducts people, prowls around, little green men. And some people are correct, such as yours truly, who observes that E.T. is fake, it's not real. We are not alone in the universe, but as far as corporeal beings go with rational souls, we are alone. And that when people see these unidentified flying objects and when they think they encounter the little green men, they're most likely just talking to demons. And it's amazing. People make fun of me for this. But the reason people make fun of me for this point of view is because they are moderns. They're modern secular libs. And aliens are, they're just demons for modern lib people who can't imagine that there's such a thing as metaphysical reality. So it's for people who are Materialists who who think that everything that's real has to be flesh and blood, which obviously isn't true. You know, some of the most important things in life are not material: hopes, dreams, love, mathematics. You know, there are plenty of things that are metaphysical, the moral order. But we have convinced ourselves in this unsophisticated day and age that it's all got to be physical, and so so even the celestial beings have to be physical. They can't be uh, merely spiritual. Now there's a fella. By the name of Luis Elizondo, this is reported by the New York Post. Though I got to give a hat tip to Popehead here, a great Substack writer and tweeter who called my attention to this. Luis Elizondo is a former intelligence officer with the Department of Defense. He claims he was the uh, director of AATIP, the Pentagon's UFO program from 2010 to 2017. Former Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid has defended this guy and said he actually was pretty prominent in the government working on these things. Here's what he had to say.
3: I had one i remember the conversation very well um this is a person i respected tremendously very very senior person he told me he said lou i want you to stop stop doing this i said okay sir i i certainly can but may ask why and he says well we already know what it is now at that moment i i honestly thought maybe it was our own technology i was running up against some super uber secret sap and uh, you know they were telling me to stop and i said okay sir so so it's ours and he said no that's not what i'm saying and he said uh, he asked me point blank have you read your bible lately and i wasn't quite sure where he was going with that And i said well sir i i i i think i know what it says what where are you going with this and he said well then you would know that these things are are demonic and we should not be pursuing them yeah and uh i i he was he wasn't kidding he was that's exactly how how he felt So this is a Pentagon. This is a
1: Department of Defense official uh, saying stop looking at UFOs because they're demonic.
3: Correct.
0: Correct. Correct. Not only is this senior, apparently respectable Pentagon official who is so admirable that one of the guys who was running the UFO office there really looked up to this guy, but it's correct in that that's obviously what these things are. Now, when you want to fight off Terrestrial things, like uh, I don't know, uh, unlit cigars and uh, you know little vermin and uh, charcoal. You've got to go check out Grillblazer. Right now, go to grillblazercom slash Grill Grillblazers grill duns are designed to do everything from expertly searing your meats to lighting charcoal grills, wood stoves, outdoor fireplaces, and just about anything you can think of that you would need high power fire to use for your problem. This would also include cigars, as I have shown once or twice, though that is not recommended at home. Grill Blazers offers two types of grill guns. The Grill Gun Basic is a high-power propane torch designed to light charcoal and wood grills and smokers. Burns up to 3,600 degrees. It's a 30-inch flame. is for anything you need a big, bad torch to do, and I mean anything. The Sous-V Gun has a shorter barrel, perfect for professional culinary kitchen uses from gently caramelizing brûle or other sugars and fruits to rapidly searing steaks outside on the grill. Using the grill gun may result in extreme grill envy from your neighbors. So user caution is advised. Get your grill gun from Grill Blazers today and let the grilling adventures begin. Visit grillblazer.com slash and use promo code Knowles for 15% off your order. That is grillblazer.com slash promo code Knowles for 15% off your order. My favorite comment yesterday is from TheoJ615, who says, we should let Juneteenth and Pride Month fight it out. So true. It's like the Iran-Iraq war. You just hope they both lose. You heard it from the horse's mouth. The aliens are demonic. Now, what's interesting is this guy in this interview from a couple of years ago that not a lot of people seem to have found, uh, this guy seems to disagree with the respected, more senior Pentagon official who said, this stuff's demonic, we shouldn't be looking into it. And this guy says, no, we've got to look into it. We've got to go get all the data. We've got to probe this stuff. We've got to find out what's really going on. And my question is, why? Why do we have to do that? Curiosity is not a virtue. Why should we do that? There is more in heaven and earth ratio than is dreamt of in our philosophy, and certainly the desiccated modern philosophy that ignores uh, metaphysical things. But why? Why are we going to do this? If, if there were, which there is not, a super race of extremely intelligent ET that are coming, and they can mess with us, and they can probe us, and they can cross the galaxy, and they can go faster than the speed of light and do all this crazy stuff, their technology is so much more advanced than ours is, then we're not going to beat them. You know that'd be like a squirrel trying to beat an army of human beings. I mean, we're just—if we're that much stupider than these things, then we're obviously not going to beat them. If they're demons, then we should want nothing to do with them. C.S. Lewis had a good bit on demons, which is he said the right attitude toward demons is that you've—you should know that they exist because there there is spiritual reality. We we are body and soul. We're hylomorphic composite beings with a rational soul. That's why we have an appetite and we have to eat food and drink water to sustain ourselves. Man does not live by bread alone and we can use our abstract reason and moral judgment to think of things like um, justice or art or culture or opera. Or, know, right? we, can, we can do both those things. Certain beings are purely physical. They don't have a rational soul like a rock. Even the animals, they don't don't have abstract reason. We don't put them on trial. We don't put a dog on trial when he bites you. Okay, that's why. And then on the other side of things, there are beings that are purely physical. Ideas are physical, and angels and demons are physical too. And everyone has known this for all of history until modern Western liberal secular people like 100 years ago. So, If they are demons, then C.S. Lewis points out the right attitude is know that they exist, be on guard. You know, they're trying to uh, prey on souls, tear you down to hell and give you a bad eternity. And so we should know that, but we shouldn't be too curious about them. So it's kind of like bugs. I don't know. When You've got bugs in your house. You've got to be aware of that and take care of the problem and like keep them from coming in and kill the ones that are there. But you don't want to spend a lot of time with them. You know, you don't want to spend your whole day thinking about the bugs, being around the bugs. You just want to get rid of them, okay? And that's how I feel about aliens who are really demons, as the Pentagon even admits. Okay. Speaking of aliens, another kind of alien that we're trying to keep out. Uh, We've got a lot of people crossing that border illegally. And there's a new candidate in the presidential race. This would be Francis Suarez, who is the mayor of Miami. And he's running, I think, to go after Ron DeSantis and because everyone else is throwing their hat in the race. Francis Suarez, I said, he doesn't seem like the most conservative candidate. He wore a big rainbow flag sash. He seems like kind of a lib. And now that would appear to be confirmed. He was doing an interview on Fox and was asked about his thoughts on building a border wall. And here is his non-answer. Would you build a wall And if you do stop illegal immigration, would you
2: allow the ones already here to work? The border is an enormous issue. Uh, We have 80 to 90,000 Americans dying every single year from fentanyl that's coming through our border, that's being pumped into our country from China. That's the equivalent of a 747 crashing every single day. And we're not treating it as the crisis that it is. We have six to seven million illegal people that have uh, arrived in our country since uh, President Biden became the president uh, through policies that are creating chaos at the border. By the way, that's, a, that's, a, that's an issue that even Democrat mayors
0: well, are complaining will about. will you build a wall and put the ones who are here already put into work? Will you do those two things? I will dedicate whatever the
2: resources that are necessary. Also discussing it with the law enforcement partners that are on the ground to make sure that our border is secure. Whatever that is, uh, I will do it.
0: Whatever it is, but I just don't make me say I want to build a wall. I don't want to, I'm not, listen, I'll do whatever. We're going to be serious about this. Okay, that's not a serious candidate. Good, good on uh, Varney there for going after Suarez and trying to get him on the record. Will you build a wall or not? He doesn't want to say. And he's not going to be the president, obviously. As the GOP becomes less libertarian and more socially conservative, You can expect a a stronger push to restrict immigration, all immigration, illegal immigration, obviously, but legal immigration too. That is happening. I happen to think that's a very good thing because I am a little bit more of a traditional conservative. I'm not someone who thinks that individuals maximizing their autonomy is, is the greatest thing since sliced bread. So I'm really pleased to see that. But even if you are much more of the libertarian bent and you don't want the government at the local or federal level involved in all that much, and I don't know, you read John Locke and Ayn Rand every day, that is happening. It's reflected in our public opinion polls. It's reflected in, chain, in, in now conservatizing views on sexuality uh, uh, and bigger government views on the right bigger government, you know, a more robust government, I guess you would say, or more active government, or government that can still be very limited but robust and efficient and effective within its proper spheres, which is the sort of thing actually that the founding fathers talked about. That is on the rise in education, on immigration, in foreign policy, a greater uh, a greater role for the American people in crafting foreign policy. That's happening now. I think that is a really wonderful thing. But don't, if you're running for president, if you're Francis Suarez, you're, you're trying to ride a line between a past that is gone. Right now, what is defining conservative politics, not just in America, but around the world, is a rise in populism, is a rise in wielding some power. And it's a rise in this idea from people who feel that their power has gone away from them. And in part, they've given their power away because they've fallen into a, a utopian vision of a place where none of us really wields the government. We all just live in a neutral space. And we're increasingly real, realizing this space isn't neutral. There isn't one system of justice here. There what isn't the equal application of political or economic power. It's being used, wielded capriciously against us. And so the only hope we have is not to throw our hands in the hair and say, oh, gosh, This is terrible. Imagine if we were doing that. Imagine if the roles were reversed. The only way to stop that is to wield the power ourselves, which is why the two guys who are leading the GOP race right now by a country mile are the two guys who are most explicitly saying, I will wield power for you. And the two guys who have a record of doing it. Okay. The member block is upon us. Today is Woke Wednesday. We have some woke TikToks, I'm told. I'm told we have the iPad Young Jacob, do we have the iPad? He's just sitting over there, keeping that iPad all to himself. I'm looking at it desirously. Here you can see Young Jacob's hand creeping into the frame. Thank you, sir. Member block begins now. DailyWire.com slash Knowles. Use code Knowles to check out for two months free on all annual plans. See you there.